0: And I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. To Star Joe's Podcast, Episode 187, Previews in a Half Shell. I'm your host, Ryan, and welcome back, everyone. Yeah, it's just me flying solo again with another previews episode for you guys. Uh, looked to get uh, Travis on this episode with me. Unfortunately, he had some things come up, so he wasn't able to join me. Uh, my buddy Sam was willing to join up, but he didn't have access to the previews catalog, Um, I was going to send them some links. Unfortunately, just due to timing, I just didn't have a chance to send them those links in advance so he could look over some stuff. So it's just me again. But uh, from what I heard from past episodes, uh, you guys don't seem to really mind that too much, especially with these previews episodes. I wanted to update you guys on some things. Uh, They're kind of in the works and kind of moving forward with Star Joes. Um, Just to kind of keep you guys in the loop on everything. So, uh, so far... Uh, everything's still a go for Baltimore. Looking forward to that. Definitely know I need to get some more episodes out uh, between now and then uh, in order to make sure that we are up to episode 200 by the time we reach that episode or reach that time of year. You'll notice a little bit that my voice is a little bit scratchier than maybe normal. Uh, maybe, maybe it doesn't come across, but uh, I did lose my voice there for a little while, just allergies and whatnot. <clears throat> so I apologize for my voice, but it is coming back and everything else, but that's also why I didn't really hear a whole lot of episodes in the month of April. Uh, I was hoping to get more out there for you guys, but that's going to be coming. That also is what kind of halted any comeback on the YouTube channel, so there are more YouTube reviews that are coming out. Uh, I have uh, coverage from Cleveland Wizard World. I have a uh, Star Wars Bounty Smuggler Box unboxing that will be coming out for you guys. And then back to doing some comic reviews for you guys. I'll be covering some more recent stuff. And then uh, in between covering recent Star Joes-related stuff, I'll also be jumping back to stuff like Revolution and a few other issues that came out uh, in the past that I really wanted to cover and just, unfortunately, due to time and everything, wasn't able to cover for you guys. Um, So I have a lot planned. I'm very excited about all of it. I'm actually really pumped about getting it all out to you guys, and I know you guys are looking forward to it as well. Uh, one update also, uh, something I have in the works and, and kind of working towards is looking to create a Patreon account. If you're not familiar with what Patreon, is um, it's similar to like a, a Indiegogo or a Kickstarter. Whereas a Indiegogo and a Kickstarter are based on one individual project, Patreon is a crowdfunding thing to support a creator on an ongoing basis for the most part. So it's not just one project. Uh, you can make a subscription based on per project, uh, or you can make it based on a subscription, a monthly cost uh, that you put out there for people. Uh, And it really is just to support creators and people that you enjoy the stuff that they're providing for you. Now, I don't want to alarm anybody at all because there's nothing to be alarmed about. You're still going to be getting at least two episodes of the podcast for free through iTunes or any other venue that you've been getting in through, you know Stitcher Radio, all that type of stuff. There's still going to be two episodes every single month that comes out for free. Nothing is changing with that. The content of what is in those episodes is not changing at all. There will be one change, I will say, when it comes to the content, and that's really this episode here, the, the previews episode. I wanted something for Patreon. So what happens with Patreon is somebody... Uh, Will con- You put out like a monthly subscription, which is w- what I'm going to have. I'm going to have a monthly subscription. I'm looking at probably having it being like $3 a month. I'm going to keep it relatively low because I don- I'm not looking to gouge anyone or anything like that. Just really looking to turn this thing that I love doing into a little side business. And uh, I would keep doing it the way I've been doing it. But, you know, there are costs involved. There are things that I want to help improve. Uh, you know, with the YouTube, I'd like to get a new camera, get some more equipment and everything else that can really help make it easier for me to get content out to you guys. I want to have a camera here in the studio where I record the podcast so I can show stuff stuff to you guys. I want to show you the studio room. I want to show you parts of my collection, give you a tour of the studio. Videos like that will be for Patreon members. Um, I want to be able to show you stuff in my collection. I have a huge comic book collection. I have a huge action figure collection. I want to be able to show that stuff to you guys. But I also want to provide stuff for you guys on a regular basis. Well, these previews, episodes is something I can do as a podcast for the patrons on there uh, on a monthly basis. And I don't think it's really taking too much away from what you guys have been enjoying all along. So with the free stuff, the free podcast episodes, we're still going to be doing the movies uh, throughout the 1980s. We're still going to be doing the animated episodes. The interviews will still be here for free. Uh, The comic book reviews, like you just heard John and me do two of those of old classic stuff, that's still all going to be free. Like, so none of that stuff is going away. Anything that I started doing on the podcast is going to continue being on the podcast other than these previews episodes. Uh, so the Marvel cosmic stuff is still going to be, uh, done here. The, uh, the, uh, midnight sun stuff is still going to be here. Now the, Patreon location will be where I can kind of experiment with some other things like I've been wanting to do uh, start reviewing the Jeff Johns run on Green Lantern, the Mark Wade run on Flash, things like that uh, where I can just sit down with the microphone and record an episode and kind of cover that stuff that I love. It's going to allow me to do stuff like that and kind of keep it separ- separate from the stuff that is mainly Star Joes related. So, so there should be a Patreon account out sometime in May. Once it's up and running, I will let you guys know. Um, there'll be different rewards just like you would have with a Kickstarter or something like that. There'll be a monthly subscription. Like I said, That I'm thinking that monthly sh- subscription amount is going to be $3 per month just because, again, I can, I'm only going to promise that I can get the previews episodes every single month out as far as something guaranteed to you. I'll try to get even more stuff out to you guys as far as uh, special videos and special podcasts and things like that. But I do work a full-time job as well, and also have a life and uh, with my wife where you know I gotta spend time with her and uh, and I enjoy spending time with her. So I'm gonna get out as much stuff out to you guys as I possibly can. I enjoy doing this stuff. You guys help me enjoy doing this type of stuff. But like I said, it, there's costs involved, and I I really want to turn this thing into a side business, something that I can really enjoy. And the, here's the great thing about it too, uh, it's a motivation for me. So. You know there, I will be honest, there's been times where I was just, you know, what I just don't feel like recording something tonight or editing something tonight or something like that. Knowing that there are people out there that are going to be contributing to helping me get more stuff out there is going to motivate me more to want to do more for you guys as well. So, everyone's going to benefit from this. Like I said, that there'll be tiers I'm looking at, probably having a tier where, um, if you uh, donate a certain amount every single month and your your name will go up at the end of my video re- reviews uh as as a thank you to you uh or if there's something you guys want me to promote on the youtube videos or on the podcast or on both there will there will be a reward level for things like that as well so the good thing is it's just making Star Joe's bigger and better and something you guys can enjoy even more you guys are an awesome part of the community i absolutely love The interactions I have with you guys, especially when I I hear from someone I've never heard from before, someone new or has been listening for a long time, has just let me know that they appreciate the the stuff that we do. Uh, Like I said, nothing is going to change as far as the YouTube stuff and the regular podcast stuff. Uh, I'm committed to doing those types of things as it is. The YouTube will get on a more regular schedule of doing at least uh, two or three episodes of that every month. I'll probably be doing something weekly as much as I can, uh, maybe even twice a week if I can get into a good rotation. But, yeah, it's just something that I've been tossing around. i talked with a lot of people. I've talked to other podcasters. I've talked to my co-hosts. And it's just something that I decided, you know what, this will be a great motivation. It will help me be able to get stuff that I need to do better quality stuff for you guys. Um, and I've had, a, honestly, I've had a lot of listeners and viewers that have asked like, Hey, I'd like to be able to, to help you somehow, uh, help you, you know, create stuff and everything else is, you know, there's some way I can donate or some way I can do something for you guys. And, um, you know, this is going to be the way to do that. So I'm looking to do that. Uh, I also learned about a couple other platforms that are out there as far as there's a Vidme platform that it seems to be gaining some popularity. So, uh, anything that I put on YouTube, I'll also be putting onto a VidMe account. Have not created it yet. Again, once that's created, I will announce it. Uh, but it'll—it's just going to get more and more exposure for the show, um, and I think that's going to be a really good thing. I absolutely love doing this stuff, so I'm just—you know—been doing it for seven, almost eight years now, and it's—it's it's just something like I probably should have looked to do something like this a long time ago, because, like I said, it. When and anyone out there should know this. It's been a classic saying for a very long time. Is that find the thing that you love doing, and if you can make a business out of it, then that's the dream. You know, you want to live that dream of here's something I love, and I can also make a business out of it, and that makes me love it even more. It gives me even more motivation and everything else. So. So I just wanted to bring you guys up to speed on all that type of stuff. Like I said, nothing is going away from the podcast other than these previews episodes. And that's just so I can have something on a regular monthly basis that I know I you know, I have to sit down with a microphone and do these previews episodes and get them out to you guys with the same excitement and the same enthusiasm I always have. Um, so with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into the previews. So jumping into Dark Horse here. There's really not much for Dark Horse that caught my eye. There are the Aliens and Predators and Alien vs Predator stuff. Uh, they pretty much covered last month with you guys. That those things are still ongoing. There wasn't really anything too new. There was the Aliens vs Predator Life and Death trade that came out. I didn't really care for the first issue. Uh, if you saw the YouTube video of that, um, so, you know, you could check out the trade. I heard that if you read it along with the other Life and Death. Uh, miniseries that were out there it makes a lot more sense and it's more of a continuation from the fire and stone and everything else so so that is out there uh in the month of june i should mention that these previews is for any issues or books that are coming out in the month of june or after uh, sometimes there's delays that cause things to come out a little bit later the one thing i did want to mention uh because i was a fan of this show and i know there's a lot of people out there that were fans. Uh, Venture Brothers from Dark Horse. There's the Go Team Venture, the art and making of the Venture Brothers hardcover. So, what this is, is there's a lot of, um, painted backgrounds, storyboards, uh, character designs for the different seasons. Uh, the original, uh, the original pitch for Venture Brothers. Uh, so, if you were a Venture Brothers fan, this is something that you'll, you'll definitely want to check out. So, going into D.C., We have The Dark Days, The Forge, number one. And this is the precursor to the summer event for DC. So what this is, it says, Darkness comes to the DC universe with the mystery of The Forge. Aquaman, The Flash, and more DC's pantheon of uh, heroes suspect Batman of hiding a dark secret that could threaten the very existence of the multiverse. It's an epic that will span generations how does it connect to the origins of one of DC's most legendary heroes? So, I just read The Button, uh, Part 1 and Part 2, which took place in Batman and The Flash. And it seemed, it's tying back into the whole Flashpoint stuff, it's tying back into the whole Rebirth stuff, uh, which is just awesome. And the story is really, really good. My guess is because it's only a four-part story, and it seems like it's something that is bigger... Um, is that it probably is a prelude. That Button story is probably a prelude to this Dark Days story. So I'm very excited about this. Uh, it's going to be written by Scott Snyder and James Tinian, who are both uh, writers I really enjoy. The art is going to be by Jim Lee, Andy Kubert, and John Romita Jr., as well as some others. Uh, I'm not a big John Romita Jr. fan, but uh, I have liked some of his stuff recently uh, better than I have uh, when he was doing like Avengers and everything else. Still not a big fan of his stuff, but Jim Lee and Andy Kubrick definitely like their artwork. So uh, I'm really excited about where this goes. I have a feeling it's going to kind of shed some light on the whole DC Rebirth. And if you don't know, what happened with DC Rebirth is that when Wally West came back, there was a lot of the DC heroes he's found are missing time. Uh, and memories from the original DC Universe. So it's a really interesting story. Um, So I'm very excited about this. Um, Speaking of Batman, Batman number 25 is going to start part one of the War of Jokes and Riddles. So this is going to be uh, an exercise anniversary issue. Um, But it says, in the spirit of year one and the long Halloween, prepare to see a side of Batman you've never seen before Get in on the ground floor of a classic Batman epic in the making. And I know they say stuff like that all the time. But this one obviously is going to have some ties to the Joker. And it's going to have some ties to the Riddler. Uh, So, And those are two Batman villains I really enjoy. So I'm really anxious to kind of see what this is going to be. I have actually really been enjoying Tom King's run on Batman. Um, My one story I didn't like at all was uh, Night of the Monster Men. But Tom King didn't write that one. So it just felt like it was squeezed in there. Now, everything that Tom King has written, I am really enjoying. So I'm really anxious to kind of see what he does with a story that involves the, the Joker and the Riddler. Uh, the Flash, part, uh, issues 24 and 25, there's a, it's a prelude and part one of Running Scared. And this involves uh, Hal Jordan recruiting Barry Allen to uh, help him out with a mission. And Barry has to leave Kid Flash behind, but then Kid Flash has to deal with uh, Reverse Flash. So uh, this has kind of been building up. Uh, reverse Flash actually did appear in the button story uh, in a very interesting way. So it seems like this is going to kind of continue some of that story. So I'm very interested in that. The Flash run has been actually really good. Um Just recently, DC did a crossover with the Looney Tunes characters, and I haven't read all of them. I've read the um, Green Lantern Space Ghost one that I was really excited to read, and it really kind of let me down. Uh, The art was pretty good. I liked it. But the story was just really anticlimactic. It was really lackluster. Uh, I read the Adam Strange Future Quest story. I really liked that one. I do have the Flintstones Booster Gold one and the Suicide Squad Banana Splits one. I have not read those yet. I have heard that they're pr- actually pretty good, or at least the Booster Gold one is. So I'm anxious to read that, but <clears throat> evidently it was very successful for DC. So they are actually doing uh, some more crossovers. So they're doing Batman Elmer Fudd special, which is really interesting. So it's basically Elmer Fudd's obsession uh, quickly escalates to into stalking Batman through the dark alleys. So he's not hunting rabbits, He's he's hunting Batmans. So uh, then we have Jonah Hex in Yosemite Sam special, which just seems like a natural fit. And it seems like we also have uh, Foghorn Leghorn is going to be involved as well. Uh, it seems like a more realistic take on those characters. Uh, if you can imagine a realistic take on a giant rooster. Then there's Legion of Superheroes Bugs Bunny special number one, uh, which again seems kind of natural in a way, I guess. But um, <laughs> Since Superman is the basically the figurehead of the DC Universe uh, and Bugs Bunny is the figurehead of Looney Tunes, it makes sense that we would be getting Bugs Bunny meeting Legion of Superheroes, just like Superboy had met the Legion of Superheroes. Then we have uh, Lobo and the Roadrunner special number one. And this is Lobo and Wile e. Coyote figuring out how to catch the Roadrunner, which is kind of more of an alien creature thing than just a giant roadrunner. Uh, then one that just seems to be a perfect natural fit. we have Martian manhunter and the Mar and Marvin the man <laughs> Marvin the Martian special number one. so you have Martian manhunter and Marvin the Martian. looks like they are up against each other but it just seems that just seems like why didn't this happen before so and then we have Wonder Woman and the Tasmanian devil. Uh, With all of these, it seems like, other than maybe the Legion of Superheroes, Bugs Bunny one, all the other ones seem like they are taking the Looney Tunes characters and making more realistic versions of them to match the DC heroes. So we have a Tasmanian Devil, which you can kind of think of like the Minotaur-type looking creature, uh, going up against Wonder Woman. So that's kind of how they, they fit that together. Like she's going up against a mythological beast. Um, there's also the DC Looney Tunes 100-page Super Spectacular. I'm not interested in this one because all it is is a reprint of Superman and Bugs Bunny 1 through 4, uh, which was enjoyable. I remember reading it. Uh, I think I still have the issues. Um, it's not something I need again, so I'm passing on that one. But I am going to check out the other ones. Um, the other thing that's starting, it's a mini-series, I believe, is uh, Wonder Woman Steve Trevor, number one, just in time for the Wonder Woman movie. I have really been enjoying the Wonder Woman ongoing series. I think it's been fantastic. I uh, really enjoy reading it. This is written by Tim Seeley, uh, whose writing I really enjoy as well. So I'm going to check it out. Again, it's a, it's a mini-series, so uh, we'll see how it kind of ties in with the whole Wonder Woman mythos. Going into the trades, uh, a couple things here. Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume 1 Trade Paperback. Uh, They did do a hardcover edition of this, and now the trade paperback's coming out. This was really good. I really enjoyed it. It's not anything mind-blowing. It's just kind of something to escape reality, I'd say. It's just one of those types of stories, which is kind of what I was expecting with this. Uh, Then there's also Batman the Cape Crusader Volume 1 hardcover, and this is a collection of stories that immediately follow Batman Year One. So uh, it's got Detective ish, Comics issues 575 through 584 and Batman 413 through 420. So it's awesome hardcover collection of some really great Batman stories. I'm really eager to check that out. Um, there's also He-Man slash Thundercats trade paperback. This is collects that miniseries issues one through six. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's a little silly at times. Uh, and it, you can tell they kind of meant it that way. It's you know, it's good. It's not great. I would have liked something a little bit more impactful, especially bringing these two properties together for the first time in comics. But it was good. It was enjoyable. I, I wouldn't dismiss it, but at the same time, I was kind of hoping it was going to lead to something bigger. Then we have Justice League by Giffen and Mateus, Omnibus Volume 1 hardcover. So I've really been enjoying the Omnibus editions that have been coming out about the Justice League. Uh, and this is the what's known as the Bwahaha League era. So you have, you know, the title changed a few times. So it's basically starts you off with Issue 1, takes you through Issue 6. Uh, then it changed titles to Justice League International, 7 through 25. Then it was Justice League of America, 26 through 46. Then there was also Justice League Europe, which was Issues 1 through 21. There was Suicide, issue, uh, suicide Squad, Issue 13. Justice League International, annuals 1 through 3. Justice League America, annuals number 4. And Justice League Europe, annual number 1. And it says, and more. That is a lot of issues in one book. It's 1,080 pages. But I have really been enjoying these omnibus editions. So I'm eager to check that one out. I think I mentioned an episode or two ago uh, when I was doing previews that Gem and the Holograms was ending. Uh, with, I think it was issue 25 that it ended on. Uh, well, it's back. <laughs> so they actually ended Gem and the Holograms and they ended The Misfits, but they're actually bringing them back and they're doing Gem and the Holograms Infinite number one and Gem and the Holograms The Misfits Infinite number one. So we're going to, ch- you know, check these things out. This will definitely be some issues that I cover on the YouTube channel. So uh, I haven't covered any Gem and the Holograms on there yet. There had been some opportunities, too, and I might still circle back and cover those. But when these issues come out, I'll definitely cover cover them on there, as you would probably expect me to do. Um, then we have, uh, just keeping with the Joe's stuff, uh, My Little Pony, the movie prequel number one. I didn't even know they were going to be doing a movie. Uh, evidently, they are. Uh, I don't really keep up with the My Little Pony stuff, but I know there's a lot of fans out there. Um, I will be actually having a comic review for a couple of My Little Pony comics that came out recently. Uh, one was Legends of Magic, uh, came out issue one, came out like a month ago or so. Uh, I want to cover that. I have not read any of the My Little Pony comics, uh, and with doing an 80s podcast and video cast, just seems like something I should cover uh, and check out. So, uh, while I'm not going to be getting the ongoings or anything like that and continue to read them as far as I know, uh, I do want to check out like some of these jumping on points. Uh, the movie prequel is probably something I'll, I'll check out and review as well. So, uh, Jumping into Turtles in the IDW universe, we have Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Adventures, uh, Trade Paperback. Uh, I will actually be reviewing this on the YouTube channel. I think it was an episode or two ago that I mentioned that I did some video recordings, and lost all the video recordings because the audio was so horrendous on them. Unfortunately, one of them was the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures uh, issue number one. I covered the first issue and could not release it. It just was horrible. So I am going to actually do another recording of that, but I'm going to cover the entire mini-series and give my thoughts on it. This trade, I would say, if you are a fan of the Nickelodeon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, animated show uh, that just, I believe just recently ended, um, or the Batman animated series, then or you're a fan of both, you definitely should check out this miniseries. It is phenomenal. Um, also, check out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, issue number 71. It has the part one of two parts. Drawn by Dave Wachter. This is Pantheon Family Reunion. And I've been enjoying the, the ongoing series the whole time, but I especially love that Dave Wackner has been on uh, a story arc and is going to be on another story arc now. Uh, his art seems to be made for doing the Turtles, so uh, definitely could not recommend that highly enough. Uh, we also have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The IDW Collection, Volume 5. And this is going to collect uh, issues 38 through 44, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ghostbusters crossover, uh, where Robert Atkins, our own co-host here, he actually did a variant cover for number four. So I assume that that cover will be in this collection. Well worth checking out. Um, I actually own the original cover to that. I got it. I bought it off of Robert. It's a phenomenal cover. I absolutely love it. It has all four Ghostbusters on it, all four turtles on it, um, and it's Robert's art. It's gorgeous. So these hardcover collections from IDW are amazing. Uh, I have collected every single one, whether it's the Transformers ones, the G.I. Joe ones, which they've done, the Marvel Classic run, and they have they have been doing the IDW run collection. The Turtles ones I've collected. The Transformers ones are phenomenal. They're in their Phase 2 right now. They did, like I think it was eight or nine volumes. It was eight volumes. Uh, I just looked over my shoulder to see. And then they have done uh, four of the Phase 2 for Transformers. I'm really hoping that they will come out with a hardcover collection of the Marvel run. Uh, And then I'm really hoping they'll come out with a, a hardcover collection of the Dreamwave stuff. So... Uh, which could probably be done in like two volumes or something like that. You can get all the Transformers stuff from Dreamwave, and then you could even do like the War Within stuff or, or something like that. But cannot recommend these uh, IDW hardcover collections. The price is right on them. They're they're $50 per book if you pre-order them through something like DCB Service or Amazon or something like that. You can use again for like around 30. You can't beat that price for what you're getting. So. Um, we still have Back to the Future issues coming out. So we have uh, Biff to the Future number 6, which I believe is the finale to that miniseries. And we have Back to the Future number 21, uh, which is continuing the Hard Time uh, series. So uh, those have been great. Uh, they are both written by Bob Gale, who is one of the original, or is the original creator of Back to the Future as far as writing goes. Uh, we still have Ghostbusters 101 number 4 is coming out. This is really bringing together all the different versions of Ghostbusters that there have been. Uh, there is a subscription cover by Tim Lottie, which is uh, a, an homage to The Breakfast Club. It looks awesome, so uh, check that out. Number one of Ghostbusters 101 is one of those issues that I didn't get a chance to cover. That I'll probably, as far as a video review, that I'll probably jump back and cover at some point. So. Uh, We still have a whole bunch of Transformers goodness going on. So you have Optimus Prime number eight coming out, Uh, Transformers Lost Light number seven, Transformers Till All Are One number eleven, are all coming out. Uh, If you're someone that's collecting trades, you have Transformers Till All Are One volume two will be coming out, which covers uh, issues five through nine, and then uh, another one shot comes out, uh, Transformers Salvation. And this is these are the ones that are written by John Barber and the art is done by Livio Raymondelli, So it's that painted style. They have put these out every once in a while. Uh, I have really been enjoying them when they come out. So uh, definitely recommend it out. I really like Livio uh, Raymondelli's artwork. Uh, It's not for everyone, I don't think, but uh, I really do enjoy it. Uh, Then we have Revolutionaries Volume 1 Crisis Intervention. And this collects, uh, issues one through four of the revolutionary series. Uh, then we have revolutionaries, uh, number seven coming out, uh, which has Sergeant Savage versus GI Joe, which should be really interesting. Uh, and then we have Hasbro's, uh, Sor- Heroes Sourcebook source book number two, which again, will have some art by Robert Atkins and a bunch of other artists out there really looking forward to that. Um, and then ROM number 12, uh, I haven't jumped back onto ROM. I'm still collecting it. I just haven't continued reading it. I'm going to do so once I'm finished with the whole Revolution reviews and everything else. I'll start reading ROM and get caught up on that. Uh, You have G.I. Joe Volume 1, which collects uh, 1 through 4, and the G.I. Joe Revolution 1 shot that came out. Uh, G.I. Joe number 1 is an issue that I was... Again, much like the Batman Turtles one, I covered and recorded for the video, and that was one of the ones I lost, unfortunately. So I will be reviewing that issue number one. I'm not going to do the whole arc, I'm just going to cover that one issue and re record that. Uh, we have G.I. Joe, Real American Hero number 241 uh, by Larry Hama, and art again by uh, Shannon, our good buddy Shannon. And uh, the regular cover is done by Shannon uh, Gallant, and uh, there's a subscription cover that's done by John Royal. I've been getting both covers because, number one, I love Shannon's artwork, so I have to get his cover. Uh, and I really enjoy John Royal's artwork, and so I've been collecting those that issue uh, or that series with both covers. So Then we have uh, Mask, the Mobile Armor Strike Command, number eight comes out and Volume 1 of Mobilize, which has the Mask Revolution one-shot and Issues 1 through 5 of the series. Um, Mask is the other one that I lost the recording of. So the one night I recorded four episodes, and only one of them came out, and it wasn't even a good version. That was the Aliens vs. Predator number one. The the video didn't look that great, and the audio was horrible, and I'm not proud of that video, but I was able to at least get it out there. Uh, But I lost the Batman, Turtles, the G.I. Joe, and the Mask Uh, number one issue so i do need to re-record those and get them out to you guys we also have micronauts of Karza number three also from idw i wanted to mention to you guys uh it's a new printing uh so it has been out before but mike mignola's uh hellboy artist edition uh is coming out and i mentioned this specifically because i did see that for baltimore con Uh, Mike Mignola is supposed to be there. I'm very excited about that. Uh, I have some Hellboy stuff that I want to bring to have him sign. Uh, This, you know, if you're planning on going there, this likely, assuming timing is everything, since they've already done it once before and it's a new printing, I'm assuming this will probably come out in uh, June or July. Uh, Plenty of time ahead of time to have it for uh, BaltimoreCon if you wanted to get him to sign it. It does have a brand new, never-before-published cover by Mike Mignola, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, Jumping into Image, there wasn't a whole lot in Image other than stuff I normally get anyways, but I did want to mention for fans out there, there's Savage Dragon number 225, which is the 25th anniversary issue. It's 100 pages, it's the end of a story arc, so you probably would want to read some of the issues beforehand. Uh, and then there's Spawn number 275, and that's a 25th anniversary issue. And Sam and Twitch are back. Uh, so I have not kept up with Spawn. I actually been getting Spawn in the Spawn Origin hardcovers, and I think I have up to volume six. There's 10 volumes out there. Um, I really like the hardcover editions. Uh, I think the hardcovers take you up past issue 100 or something like that. So there's still a lot of hardcovers to come out to get up to issue 275. I do know that uh, characters have come and gone and everything else, but it's pretty awesome that Sam and Twitch are back. I've always liked those two characters. Uh, they're pretty pretty awesome team. So, uh, then we have uh, Birthright number 25. Uh, this has been an awesome ongoing series. Uh, number 25 is the end of a story arc. So a lot of times with issue 25s, You either get the end of a story arc, and it's this big boom reveal, or it's the beginning of a story arc with a huge cliffhanger. So this one looks like it's the end of a story arc. Then there's also Black Magic number six. It's the start of a new story arc. I really loved Black Magic issue one through five. Uh, It's dealing with a woman who is a cop, but she's also a witch, and she's trying to balance those two lives, and they kind of interact with each other a little bit more than she would want them to. Uh, we also have Copperhead number 14. It's the end of a story arc. I really like Copperhead. It's a, it's basically police in space. She's, a, in with a Western feel to it. It's this woman, she comes to this planet to be in this town, to be, uh, kind of the sheriff and she brings her kid with her and she's dealing with the town, but she's also dealing with the crime there and everything else. And it is an alien world, um, but it also has this Old West feel to it. It's it's really, really well done. So uh, I would definitely recommend checking out like a trade of that if you haven't already. Uh, Check out the, the ongoing issues or anything like that. Um, other than that, there wasn't a whole lot from Image. You know, I Hate Fairyland number 13. I will always praise that uh, ongoing series. This is called uh, Larry's Life. And find out what Larry's life could have been like if he had never met Gert. So Gert is Gertrude, which is the little girl who uh, got stuck in fairyland and doesn't want to follow the rules. And because of that, she's been trapped there for 30 plus years. Still trapped in the body of a little girl, but with the mind of of a 30-some, 40-some-year-old woman. Uh, Then you have Larry, who's her Jiminy Cricket type character. And he's been with her this whole time, and he's just disgusted and sarcastic and everything else. Larry is by far my favorite character in the series. So to kind of see what he would have been like if he never met uh, Gert would have been was going to be awesome. Uh, again, I think I mentioned it last episode, last previews episode is that uh, Invincible is ending. So 137, we have uh, it's the end of all things, part five. My guess is that this is going to go to issue 150, uh, which means we have a really long way to get there, but uh, still, you know. I have been picking up the end-of-all-things issues just to have them all together. I'm really thinking about getting the entire Invincible series. I've been getting them in collected hardcover editions, which look awesome on the shelf, and they're really cool. But I really feel like it's something that I would like to own the actual issues to. Um, And I know it's going to be probably expensive to get Issues 1 and some of the other early issues and everything else, but I think that's something I want to go back and kind of try to collect, so... Uh, Let me know what you guys think about that, like if that's realistic, like how tough will it be to collect Invincible as a series as far as like floppies? Am I going to have a hard time or is it going to be really expensive? I don't think it's going to be like Walking Dead expensive to go back and get issue one. Uh, I know issue one's like thousands of dollars, but, you know, I'm just kind of curious, like if anyone has done that or they know what the going rate is for a lot of those issues and, you know, how tough and expensive will it be? I wanted to mention also Magdalena Volume 4. Number 4 came out uh, or is coming out in June. I, and it's the end of a story arc, I actually picked up just on a whim number 1. I've read a little bit of Magdalena in the past. You really can pick up issue 1 and really not know anything about Magdalena. They kind of fill you in. Uh, She is basic, the current Magdalena is basically training the next generation. Um, It was a really good first issue. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. So, um, you have Outcast by Kirkman and as uh, a SETI as uh, a Seta uh, number 29. It, Outcast has been awesome. I think it's that sleeper hit of Robert Kirkman that not enough people are checking out. I absolutely love it and it, it did become uh, a TV series. I think it was on Cinemax. I only saw the first episode, the first episode was amazing. Um, it wasn't enough that I wanted to pay for a subscription to Cinemax or anything like that. But I'm gonna to try to find it online, maybe see see if it's available on Netflix or something like that, um, because I would like to see the rest of it. So, um, Redneck Number Three. I picked up the first issue of this. I have not read it yet, but it just seemed very interesting. It's basically dealing with vampires in the South, uh, and you know they're, they're being good by not feeding on humans, but then some things happen that kind of change what uh, all of that. And then the other issue from image that I wanted to mention was Rose. Uh, Rose number three is coming out in June, but I picked up Rose number one. Again, just kind of the cover kind of interests me. It looked like it was this fantasy world type thing. Uh, You know, strong female character that had like this giant panther uh, creature, just a giant panther behind her uh, as her companion. It seemed, and it looked almost purplish, so I was thinking of like, Pan, uh, Panthor from uh, Masters of the Universe, Skeletor's you know uh, cat. So I was like, okay, this looks cool. It looks like uh, almost like uh, Arwen from, but with white hair, uh, and if she was human, <laughs> but kind of that look from Lord of the Rings with this purple panther looking thing. I was like, let me check this out. It's written by Meredith Finch, who I wasn't a fan of when she was doing Wonder Woman, but I was like, you know what? This is her own creation this might be pretty good and it actually was really good i was actually really impressed with it now there's a lot of nods to other you know fantasy things out there you'll you'll definitely pick up like some of the clichés and some of the references and some of the inspirations that she gets to tell her story but it's done in such a good way that even though you recognize it you don't mind it and that's something i don't mind at all like there's not a whole lot of original ideas out there anymore everything's been done one, at one time or another, and it's how you put those things together that really makes it compelling and, and everything else. And I thought this was a really good issue, so I would definitely recommend checking out Rose Number One if your comic shop still has it. So, um, jumping into Aftershock, uh, I really enjoyed Aftershock uh, a lot, uh, and I've stay, stuck with certain things like Black Eyed Kids and Animosity and things like that. So I'm really enjoying those titles. There is another title coming out uh, called Baby Teeth. Uh it's Baby Teeth Number One. This seems like a Rosemary's Baby type of series. Um, it's basically says uh Sadie uh, Ritter is 16 years old, nine months pregnant and scared out of her sweet, nerdy mind. Having a baby that that young is tough, but with the support of her loving family behind her, everything should be okay. Oh, yeah, and her baby is also the Antichrist, and it's going to uh, break open the barriers between the earthly and demonic planes and unleash eternal suffering to all of humankind. Other than that, should be fine. So I really love that intro. I think it sounds interesting. I think it's going to be something I'm going to wait for the trade. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen Rosemary's Baby. I didn't really care for it. I know it's like this cult classic. It's this you know horror classic movie but it just built up and built up to you know she's going to have this baby she's going to have this baby she's going to have this baby and at the end she has the baby and you never get to see the baby and you you just kind of it just kind of ends and it it was so for me it was so anticlimactic and so boring of a movie like it just it, it was a slow burn that never paid off for me that's what I'm afraid of this being like. It sounds like they're being a little tongue-in-cheek with the story, but with the content, it's gotta be dark. It's gotta be, you know, pretty serious. So I, I think I'm interested, but the seeing Rosemary's baby kind of makes me uninterested because I don't want it to be like that. Um so I, I think I'm gonna wait for the trade on this one, but it, it is an interesting concept. So going into American mythology, we have Rocky and Bullwinkle number one comes out. And the main cover is done by our very own Shannon Gallant. So definitely worth checking that out. Uh, I know he was excited to draw more of these types of characters and everything else. I'm hoping that American mythology will also give him the opportunity to write more stories because I think he does a fantastic job with these characters. I know he has a love for them. Uh, But yeah, Rocky and Bullwinkle. And then they hint that Underdog will be uh, coming out next month. So that's something to look forward to as well. Uh, jumping into Boom Studios, we have Bill and Ted Save the Universe number one of five. So the last ones were Bill and Ted's Most Triumphant Return, Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Uh, both of those were fun stories, much like you would expect. They're nothing mind blowing, they're just fun. They're stupid fun. Take it that for what it's worth. Uh, if you didn't check out the other stories, uh, they do have the trade paperbacks available, they're resoliciting them. So I, I would recommend checking them out if you really like the movies. So uh, they're just, again, they're just kind of stupid fun. So jumping ahead to uh, further into Boom Studios, we have Planet of the Apes Archive Volume 1 Hardcover. And what this is, is this is uh, collecting the 1970s Marvel run of Terror on the Planet of the Apes. It's collected for the first time. It's remastered. Uh, And it's put together in a nice hardcover edition. So I love the Planet of the Apes movies. I love the new ones especially, but I love the classic ones. Even though they got really bad after a while, um, they became like those guilty pleasure movies. So definitely this is something I'm interested in. I don't know if I'll get it now or just kind of wait, but it, it is something that I would love to check out. So jumping into Dynamite we have ash versus the army of darkness. And this is a special 99 cent S smart special price. So it was originally marked three 99 and then you see it crossed off with an S smart special of 99 cents. So, um, it's a special, uh, issue just to kind of get you started and everything else. I love ash and the army of darkness. The, the movie was fantastic. Um, I can only imagine this is going to be just more fun like that. So, and for 99 cents, you, you got to check it out. So, um, then we have Sword Quest number one. So, I mentioned last time we did previews that Sword Quest uh, issue zero was coming out, and that was also at introductory price. I think it was for like a quarter or something like that. Well, here's issue one uh, for that ongoing series. And the thing I love with this, the thing I absolutely love, is they have the classic game art cover. So cover D is the art cover and game cover of what the Atari 2600 Sword Quest game looked like. And I think the previews episode I mentioned, I wasn't sure if it was a real game and I didn't recall it or anything. Seeing the cover art for what the game looked like totally reminds me, you know, brought the memories back going, oh my God, yes, I remember this game coming out. Um, there is also a blank cover, which is the game art cover uh, surrounding a blank panel. So I think that would be awesome to get an artist to draw something in there. Um, but I'm so stoked about the uh, the game, the actual game art cover. I, I think that would be awesome to have. So uh, then there's also Art of Atari poster collection. So this is Forty ready-to-frame removable 12-inch by 16-inch prints. So these are pretty big-sized prints, um, but it's it's different art from the classic games that came out for Atari. So uh, really cool. And then they once again have the Art of Atari hardcover being resolicited, and that book is just fantastic. So uh, Dynamite Entertainment has Mighty Mouse number one coming out with a cu- the the. Main cover, cover A is done by Alex Ross. I mean, come on, Alex Ross drawing Mighty Mouse. That that's worth the price of admission right there. So uh, then, for my buddy Sam, who couldn't, you know, I didn't wasn't able to give him the information soon enough. I uh, have to mention this for him is that Guar or Gasma is coming out uh, number one. So it's Gwar, it's a Guar comic. So if you liked Guar. Probably worth checking this out. It's a four-issue miniseries. Uh, I know Sam's really into this type of music. Never been my thing. I love all types of music uh, other than disco, although there's some disco I can like, and this type of music. Uh, it's a little too out there for me. So, But I know that there's a lot of fans out there. That love this stuff. They probably love Guar. They love the showmanship of Guar and everything else. So, and it makes sense to take that showmanship, just like they've done with Kiss. Guar is a perfect transition into a comic book. So, uh, so I want to mention that out there for you guys. Uh, jumping ahead, we have Lion Forge. There's uh, Voltron Legendary Defender Volume Two, Number Three is coming out. So, uh, it's the Pilgrimage Part Three. Uh, I really like what Lion Forge has done. Uh, this is all based on the voltron series that's on netflix right now so uh and then the last thing i wanted to mention before getting into the marvel stuff is back in the books i just really like the dk books uh the reference books so they are coming out with spider-man inside the world of your friendly neighborhood hero and wonder woman the ultimate guide to the amazon warrior obviously perfect time with the spider-man movie coming out and the wonder woman movie coming out but this really does focus on a lot of the comics and everything else. So it, it, you get little spotlights on different story arcs that happen. You get spotlights on his villains. You get spotlights on, his, on Spider-Man's uh, supporting cast. You get spotlights on Wonder Woman and her support, supporting cast and her villains and everything else. Um, I absolutely love these DK books. They are visually appealing. They are nice and big. They're quick reference books. Um, I have a ton of these books, and I am very excited that they're coming out with these. I do have an old Wonder Woman one, and I have an old Spider-Man one, but these are updated. You know, they've got stuff like Spider-Verses in there, Spider Island, Superior Spider-Man, all of that is is in there for the Spider-Man one. With Wonder Woman, uh, you have, you know, goes through her Golden Age appearances and and all that, uh, through her time with the Justice League of America, uh, all the way through her rebirth storylines. Uh, I am just anxious to learn more about Wonder Woman's villains. Uh, I realized that I'm reading a lot of Wonder Woman now and really enjoying it. But other than maybe, I can think off the top of my head of maybe three or four of her villains. And that's it. And I know she's had a lot more. I mean, I know um, Dr. Psycho, I believe is one of them, or Dr. Poison. And I think those are actually two different characters. Cheetah. Uh, Giganta has been one of her villains, I believe, in the past, and then Circe, uh, and then I'm pretty much done. I mean, there's other ones I've read, but none of them have been memorable. So, I really am anxious to kind of see what some of her other villains have been. There's Ares, also. Uh, you know, you look at any of the gods, uh, Greek gods, she has really gone up against. So, I'm interested in this book because I want to learn more about her comic book history and a lot more about her sporting casts and about her and everything else. So I'm really anxious. And like I said, I love these DK books. They're, they're fantastic. I've gotten star Wars ones done by DK. I've gotten a bunch of superhero ones. Uh, I've gotten a lot of the encyclopedia ones that are out there. Uh, they're, I, I can't say enough. They're just fantastic books. So going into Marvel, uh, Secret Empire is continuing. I wanted to mention a few miniseries that are going to be spinning out out of uh, Secret Empire. One is Brave New World. It's uh, part one of five. Uh, this is going to feature uh, Gwenpool, Giant Man, and I'm even I'm not like okay, well, geez, those are great characters or anything like that. By no means, but it also has Steve's oldest allies, the Invaders. That does get me excited. So I'm very interested to see how the Invaders play into this whole. Uh, Secret Empire. Uh, Then flipping the page, we have Secret Empire United number one. Uh, It looks like this is just a one-shot, so I'm good with that, but this deals with Steve Rogers has finally brought peace to the planet, securing borders uh, of the land that he loves against any and all threats, and his peace will be maintained by any means necessary. So when skirmishes break out on the outskirts of mutant-controlled territory, Hydra supreme leader takes matters into his own hands. So we're going to have Steve Rogers, and we're going to have mutants. So I'm very interested in that. And with it being just a one-shot, that's cool with me. Um, then we have Secret Empire Uprising, number one. This is also a one-shot, and it says um, this is a crucial Secret Empire tie-in. So, you know, the, a lot of times there's tie-ins where it's just like, okay, it's giving you more of the story, but it's really not necessary to read. I, I'm going through that right now. I'm getting caught up on everything to get into secret empire so i've been reading through civil war 2 which i got behind on and now i'm plowing through it and i'm enjoying it but there's definitely those tie-ins where i was just like i bought it thinking it was gonna be more impactful like i got the captain marvel marvel ones because it was captain marvel versus iron man so i thought well the captain marvel ones would be really important same thing with iron man i thought the iron man issues would be really important as far as tie-ins yeah they weren't important at all um the ones that were important were like Spider-Man, the Miles Morales Spider-Man. That was actually pretty impactful. Uh, that had a lot more to do with what was going on. I picked up the Ulysses miniseries because it dealt with Ulysses as a character. Um, and the whole series, the whole event dealt with this character, Ulysses. Well, the, the miniseries really you could have done without it. And that didn't add anything or take anything away from the this, this series. So, So I don't know how much you want to put stock into this Secret Empire Uprising, number one. It, again, it is a one-shot, but it says it's a crucial Secret Empire tie-in that bridges issues three and four. Now, when they do mention issues that it's helping to kind of bridge gaps between, now I'm actually kind of interested because I, I like to know those in-between stories, what what kind of happened between this issue and that issue. So, And with it being a one-shot, again, to me, it's totally worth checking out. Then we have another uh, Secret Empire Underground, number one. Uh, this is also a one-shot. So there's a lot of one-shots with this, which I'm kind of grateful because I'm interested in, in reading more Secret Empire stuff, but I don't want to buy a bunch of mini-series. So uh, I like the fact that they're doing some some little one-shots here. I just hope they're not going to be doing, like, a bunch of one-shots this month, a bunch of one-shots the next month, a bunch of one-shots the next month after that. So hopefully this kind of is it, or there might be one more maybe next month or something like that. Going more into uh, Marvel, we have... Uh, Edge of Venomverse, number one of five. This one's interesting because I loved Spider-Verse. It is probably my top three Spider-Man stories of all time. I really loved Spider-Verse. I loved the alternate realities. I loved why they were doing it, what was going on. I thought the stories were fantastic. I did read the Edge of Spider-Verse stories, and that's where you got uh, Spider-Gwen introduced for the first time. Those stories were really good, and I really enjoyed them because you got these alternate reality you know, alternate reality stories and everything else. Introduced Spider-Gwen, which I ended up loving as a character. I thought it was phenomenal. It seems like they're dipping back into the well again, and that could be good or it could be bad. I don't know which one to take yet with this. Now I love Venom, I love the symbiote characters and everything else, I love alternate realities. So this could be interesting. One of the it's starting off with Basically, a reality where X23, so the clone of Wolverine, she is uh, connected to an alien symbiote. So I could see this character really taking off and becoming an awesome character like Spider Gwen, or it could just be, you know, a one and done story that really doesn't amount to anything and is a character that no one cares about. The good thing with this is you have, with the Edge of Spider-Verse, you had, every issue had a different character. So I'm hoping with Edge of Venomverse, it's not all about X-23 as a symbiote. I'm hoping that we're going to see each issue is going to be a different character, and that would be really cool, because even if you don't like one, you'll like another one. And then those characters play a part in the Venomverse storyline. So... The only thing I'm nervous about is why is there going to be a Venomverse storyline. But I'm going to check this out and kind of see see what it's all about. Uh, for my buddy Chuck out there, there's Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man number one. This is going to be written by uh, Chip Zdarsky, who's really good with comedy. Uh, so I'm hoping that'll work with the quips and everything else. And then you have art by Adam Kubert, who's a phenomenal artist. Uh, this is really get, kind of getting... Peter Parker back to his roots of being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and and everything else. Uh, I know Chuck was really interested in this. And speaking of Chuck, you might be hearing him on a future episode. I know I've promised that many times in the past, but him and I have actually talked recently, and he is really eager to get back and just doing like an off-the-cuff episode, which would be really cool, because I'd love to get him back into the studio and everything. So uh, Then we have Defenders, number one, for those of you that uh, have really enjoyed the Netflix series of Iron Fist and Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, uh, which I've enjoyed all of them. Uh, I know Iron Fist recently got some backlash and people didn't really care for it. I thought it was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, but there is going to be a Defenders Netflix series coming out. I don't. I think it's only going to be like six, issue, uh, six issues, six episodes. Um, so, of course, to tie into that, we have the Defenders, which is going to have those four characters involved in it. Um, I actually really liked Iron Fist. Uh, I picked up the new series that came out and I've read the first, I think it's only two issues that have come out so far. I really liked it. I thought it was awesome and I'm not the hugest Iron Fist fan at all, but I was like, well, let me give this a try. And I thought it was phenomenal. I don't know if I'm going to pick up Defenders or not. Um, I might just wait to see here how it is. Um, because I'm not really reading Daredevil right now. I'm not reading Jessica Jones. I'm not reading Luke Cage. And I feel like if I'm just reading Iron Fist and not reading those other ones, I don't know if I'm going to understand where everything is with the Defenders. I know they, they try to keep them separate and everything else, but, you know, a crossover is bound to happen at some point. Um, did want to mention also the Vision Director's Cut number one. Uh, it's number one of six. This actually collects issues one and two, plus there's a lot of extras in there. I have never read The Vision by Tom King. I have heard nothing but rave reviews about it. I've heard it's phenomenal. It's dark at times. It's humorous at times. It's heartfelt. Uh, So I am really interested in reading it. So I was like, hey, why not get these director's cut versions uh, where I can have them all collected and read those. So looking forward to that. Um, Then, again, for my buddy Sam out there, I know he picked up Weapon X uh, he said it was really good. It's written by Greg Pak, who I like as a writer, and Greg Land, who is a good artist. Uh, he does a lot of photorealistic art. But uh, he said that Weapon X number one was was actually really good. I uh, don't know if he read issue number two yet or not. I wasn't able to pick it up. My comic shop sold out of it by the time I was able to get there. But uh, he told me it's good. Well, there is going to be a overarching story that plays into this Uh, so issue number four is a prelude to weapons of mutant destruction and then there's going to be weapons of mutant destruction alpha number one coming out and this looks interesting because basically the uh it says their goal is a simple one eradicate all mutants and they're starting uh their hunt with the most dangerous group of mutants on planet Earth, Old Man Logan, Sabretooth, Domino, Lady Deathstrike, Warpath, and the Hulk. So the Hulk is questioned there. When you look at the cover, it looks like what they are doing is they're creating their own weapon to send out there. And it looks like Hulk with Wolverine claws, which could be a very deadly combination. So uh, going into Star Wars territory, we have Star Wars Droids Unplugged number one. And this is a one-shot It looks like it's a very tongue-in-cheek type of story. So it's three stories featuring everyone's favorite droids. Uh, It says, what adventures did the probe droids and the Phantom Menace get into when Darth Maul wasn't looking? Uh, Luke's got a mission for R2-D2, but can the astromech complete it in time? And all BB-8 wants is to help two resistant soldiers fall in love. So... Again, it's very tongue-in-cheek. It's probably meant to be very humorous. Uh, it's one of those, you know, wet your palate with this. Star Wars doesn't always have to be very serious. Uh, these are just going to be some fun stories. So, uh, Then we have Darth Vader, number one and two, coming out in June. And this is written by Charles Soule, who I really like his writing. Uh, and then there's uh, Giuseppe Camicoli. I'm not familiar with the artist uh, at all. Uh, I'm interested in checking it out, and uh, obviously it's Darth Vader. I loved the last Darth Vader series. I thought it was phenomenal. It had an awesome beginning. It had an awesome end. It seemed like it was all planned out. I'm hoping we'll see the same thing with this Darth Vader series. I think it was—I'm it, I'm hesitant with it. and that's You're hearing that common theme here with this episode, but I'm really hesitant with it because that Darth Vader series was so good, I feel like that's why they want to do another Darth Vader series. I'm really hoping that Charles Soule, who I trust as a writer, has a story in mind that he wants to tell, and Marvel was eager to let him tell it. I'm hoping it wasn't just that Marvel went to Charles Soule and said, hey, Darth Vader ended, and it was a huge success. We need another Darth Vader series. Can you write something? Um, I'm hoping that you know it's something that Charles Soule wanted, wanted to do, so uh, we'll see what happens. So, uh, But I am excited about it, so we'll see what go- happens with it. We have Star Wars number 32 and Star Wars Doctor Aphra number eight. These are part four and part five of the Screaming Citadel story, uh, which I am very eager to read. Uh, Then we have Star Wars Poe Dameron Annual number one, the Poe Dameron, and then we have uh, Star Wars Poe Dameron uh, number 16. So I will probably cover the annual in a video review when it comes out. Uh, The Poe Dameron series, I really like it. It's just a fun series. It's not. Uh, you know, it's not heavy, it's not dark, it's it's just, you know, it's a bunch of pilots and they're having a good time, I mean, while they're on missions, you know, they're, they're just kind of how you expect pilots to be. It Very reminiscent of the X-Wing series, the, the Rogue Squadron series and everything else that were out there in the past from Dark Horse. So I really like it. I would highly recommend it. Uh, then we have Star Wars Rogue One ad- Adaptation number 3 of 6. Uh, this is, again, something that I am looking forward to when the hardcover comes out that collects it all, because then I can put it with all my other movie co- uh, collections. Um, then we have Darth uh, Darth Maul number five. So Star Wars Darth Maul number five. This is number five of five. Uh, the cover is interesting because it looks like Ayla Sakura on the cover. So that's a character I love. I she is probably one of my in my top five favorite expanded universe type characters. Um, so I'm interested to see if that actually is her or not. Uh, I am—I've read the first Darth Maul issue. I know—I think there's three issues that have come out so far. I have not read issues two or three as of yet. Um, but I like the first issue. I thought it was really good. <clears throat> then something that, of course, had to come out and had to pull at my heartstrings: uh, Muppet Babies Omnibus Hardcover. So this collects Muppet Babies numbers one through 26 and Marvel Super Special number 32. This collects all of the uh, Muppet Babies' first appearance uh, in comics, uh, and then the adaptation of The Muppets Take Manhattan. I love the cartoon. I thought the cartoon was phenomenal. I do have a bootleg copy of the series because they can't release an actual version of it on DVD or Blu-ray because of all the licensings of the different stuff that was shown on the TV show. Um, I am looking to set up an interview with Guy Gilchrist, who worked on the Muppet Babies cartoon, so I'm really looking forward to talking to him. Uh, this omnibus coming out is awesome. Uh, Chuck actually thought that I possibly already had the issues. I don't. Uh, they are not easy to find. They're actually kind of tough to find, so I will be very happy to see this omnibus be in my collection and be able to read through it and everything else. And then last but not least, speaking of having something in your collection, uh, if you don't have it already, is Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, the original Marvel Years, Volume 2 trade paperback. So they came out with the omnibus editions a while back, and there was three omnibus editions, uh, nice hardcover editions. If you didn't get those or didn't want those and you wanted just some nice trade paperbacks that collects the original Marvel series, then this is volume two of that. It collects issues 24 through 38 and annual number one. Uh, It also has Star Wars Weekly number 94 through 99 and 104 through 115. So if you didn't get the hardcover editions uh, and you wanted the trade paperbacks, this is what you want to get. So... And that is everything for this previews episode. Uh, love doing these episodes. I love going through the previews catalog. To me, it's like going through the Sears, uh, wish book every year, except I get to do this every month and kind of tell you, you guys, the things that caught my eye, the things I'm interested in, letting you know. It also gives me a chance to let you know the things I'm reading and the things I'm enjoying. So, uh, It's great for that as well. So a lot of you guys I know are interested in like, well, what are you reading? What's your opinion on some things that are coming out? And it gives you an idea of, guys, an idea of like how much I'm actually reading. So I love comics. uh, So I love going through the previews. I love seeing what's coming out. I get excited about stuff coming out. I hope it gets you guys excited. I've heard from a few of you guys saying like when I post stuff about uh, comic covers from the past or I talk about comics that are coming out, get you guys interested in stuff that maybe you didn't notice or didn't hear so i couldn't ask for anything better of a compliment than hearing that because that's one of the reasons i do these episodes is because i want you guys to be just as excited as i am for stuff that is coming out in the comic world so uh with that being said let me go ahead and give our information out uh you can find us at starjoes.com you can find us on facebook there is a group page and a fan page uh, the fan page. I basically post any updates about episodes coming out. I also post on both the group page and the fan page um, anything. Uh, every single day, I post a Star Joe's comic cover, and uh, which could be anything, any comic cover that is related to the show in one way or, or another, um, with the properties that we cover here. And then there's the Ammo Dump cover, which is basically anything else, but it had that issue had to have come out in the 80s. So I will. I post those every single day. Um, I have a lot of fun trying to find covers to stuff. Uh, It's only a matter of time before I repeat something and not realize I repeated it, but uh, there's plenty of material out there for me to post uh, comic covers, so I'm really looking forward to continuing that. So that's a reason to, to like the fan page and to join the group page. If you request to join the group page, I will approve it the second I see it and uh, you guys can be part of the group and the community and really contribute and tell me what your thoughts are, what you like hearing, what you don't like hearing. Uh, this show is much your guys' show as it is mine, so uh, I love hearing your feedback and what you'd like to see in the future. I do know, like I said, uh, I'm going to be trying to have Chuck on the episode. Uh, Robert and I have already talked about doing an episode of, of just him and myself kind of talking about some stuff. Uh, And then John and I are going to be continuing uh, to do some of the comic reviews. Uh, We'll all be getting together for an animated episode soon uh, and do some more of the movies throughout the years of the 80s. So just there's a lot of stuff that I'm excited to do and bring to you guys. So follow us on Facebook. Also follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's podcast. I'm also on Instagram. That is Star Joe's as well. Just look up Star Joe's and you'll find it. Uh, on Instagram, and there I post comic reviews. So anything that I'm reading, I am posting it. I am way behind on posting my reviews on there because I'm reading so much. It's not that I'm not posting stuff. It's just that I have been reading so much stuff. So, uh, so I'm going to be catching up. There's going to be a lot of posts coming on Instagram, so you can kind of see what my thoughts are on some of the stuff I'm reading, good, bad, or indifferent. And then uh, you can call us and leave us a voicemail. It's four four zero nine four one 941 joes 440-941-JOES. 440-941-J-O-E-S. We will play that in the episode and respond to it. I uh, typically save those for when there's more than just myself on the episode. And then uh, you can also email us at starjoespodcastgmail.com. At uh, subscribe to Starjoes on YouTube. Uh, like I said, there'll be a lot more reviews and videos coming out very soon. We're on Stitcher Radio, uh, we're on Geekcast Radio Network. Uh, think that's about everything. Oh, we also have Star Joe's merchandise. So if you go to Starjoes.com on the right hand column, you'll see Star Joe's merchandise. You can click on that link. You can buy hoodies. You can buy T-shirts. You can buy coffee mugs uh, with the Star Joe's logo on it. And I can tell you it is something that catches people's eye at conventions or just out and about. I can't tell you how many times I've been wearing my Star Joe's shirt and somebody has stopped me and made a comment about it and wondered what it was and everything. So it's very cool. Uh, it's a great way to help grow the community even more so that's about all i have for you guys so with that i will go ahead and close this episode by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle take care everyone